Ladies and gentlemen, with the ongoing food shortages, supply chain issues, and insane amount of inflation, it's clear that the American government is got one goal in mind, and it's to starve out its citizens. The North America, I mean, it's Canada. It seems like it's all around the world, but it seems like it's Canada, U.S., and, and we're just fucking our own citizens. Welcome to the weekend show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's a whole fucking slew of shortages as far as so the, with the supply chain issue the, when or whether it's just empty shelves because they burnt the factory in your local town or the food processing factory. They set fire to crops. They were paying they were paying farmers to not they're just to destroy their crops to not grow any crops. And it's wild, and the conspiracy theories are having a, a field day right now. Uh, there's a baby formula shortage. Let's just let's throw that out there. That's a thing. I, I didn't know that they just ran out of the powder for baby formula. So babies are starving right now. Man. Uh, on, an uncomple- you know, on a completely unrelated note, uh, me and the boys are going around to local stores and buying up all the baby formula. You know, we cracked uh, we cracked the baby formula market. You know what I'm saying? And started flipping this shit, man. Started flip flipping old, you know, synthetic breast milk. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got word, you know, because uh, I got word that this baby formula has an incredible shelf life. Right? It's profitable. It has a life up to 18 months. You could let it sit in storage, which. I mean, for people that bulk buy, it's great to have things that don't expire quick, right? So we we got like stacks of these. We got big we got big pallets of of baby formula, and we're just flipping it around town to local uh, mothers all around town, right? Um, I got word that baby milk and berry, you know, had a little scheme going on, man. This guy, it's fucking genius, man. Fucking genius. Shouts out to baby baby milk and berry. Uh, you know, instead of buying our milk at wholesale and, and flipping it for a profit like a middleman, like, you know, common drug dealing middleman, he uh, he had this genius idea to say, let's just get it direct from the fucking source, dog. So uh, we copped a couple women, you know what I'm saying, a couple dozen women, and we uh, started milking them like fucking cows, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit was Mad Max, you know, the Thunderdome. Uh, you know, the scene in Mad Max where... Uh, I mean, uh, uh, water and, and, and milk was very, like, it was a desolate wasteland. And they had uh, these, the king had this this very uh, primitive setup of, of milk and women uh, with these machines and just pumping out breast milk just to, just to give uh, his troops, you know, some, some extra calcium, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, I mean, we actually, I mean, fuck, we actually started doing this shit. Now, this was weird. So, you know, we got, we chained them up in Barry's basement and started milking them shits, uh, them tits. And, you know, we, we, we tied up the milk in balloons, you know what I'm saying, for quick access for the babies, you know what I'm saying. Like heroin and shit, you know, like the heroin balloons and shit. You know, I mean, it was street shit, very, very primitive shit. We started off, uh, we started off just pumping these girls and then we had like this, like very like, like janky setup with like you know like like a like an old uh, janitor's uh, uh, 
water cooler or something. It was like shaking and it would break down. It's like the ice cream machine at, at, at McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? You know, we'd, we'd, we'd get like a good couple of hours of, of use time and then it'd be down for the whole day. But I mean, we were making our own fucking breast milk, you know what I'm saying? We were flipping that shit uh, for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, we had our trap straight jumping. You know what I'm saying? Business was booming. That's what we was doing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there was a shortage and we supplied in demand. You know what I'm saying? We kept the supply going and we was in demand. You know what I'm saying? We was the men. We was the guys in our city, man. This is what we did, bro. And then I was like telling them like, yo, we got two for fives down here. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to cop. You know, trying to cost on We got two for fives. Niggas got garbage down the way. You know what I'm saying? It's on gang, cuz. Fuck you doing buying shit from the stores and shit. You know what I'm saying? You gonna pay for store formula? First of all, they cut that shit. You know what I'm saying? And second of all, they, they charge at a higher price than us anyways. You know? The motherfuckers, the, you know, you trust the government with, you know, feeding your babies. The motherfuckers can't sh- keep shit on the shelves, dog. Keep fucking, keep losing the supply chains and shit, you know? So, anyways, man, we was like, yo, we got a better quality, a higher quantity, you know what I mean, for a cheaper commodity. It just is what it is. You pay less. How could you How could you go wrong? That's like saying, yo, you know what I mean, better quality clothes for less, you know what I'm saying? You know, better quality fucking food. You you health, eating healthy and it costs less and, it's, and it comes in an abundance. Come on, son. We feeding these babies like like it ain't nothing, bruh. We got these babies hooked on our shit, bruh. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm saying like, yo, we started opening up wholesale warehouses and shit. We called them so Baby Got Milk. That was, our, that was our business, Baby Got Milk. You know what I'm saying? And our direct competition was like Amazon, Walmart, you know, Costco's, you know, those big big honchos they're trying to shut us down they're trying to put the works on us man and you know we 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 heard that amazon tried dipping into our sales by uh providing other breast milk you know what i'm saying and uh just trying to sell organic breast milk and shit so uh i went and paid jeff bezos a visit you know what i'm saying i paid that motherfucker a little visit man sat his ass down right sat his ass down i'm like oh listen Think you can really come up on a turf like that, huh? Think you could really, you know, see some niggas getting getting some money and shit. I, I gave him the business, right? And he was like, you know, talk is cheap, man. See, see it on the field, right? Let's see it on the field, bro. That's what he was saying. And he was really, you know, he really put his balls on the table, right? Almost had me tucked in for a second. But luckily, I had a little bit of breast. I had a vial of of, of our shit, you know. Saying I had a vial of our primo blend of organic breast milk you know so i gave him i gave him a line bro i gave him a hit you know what i'm saying i'm just like yo take that shit and just tell me tell me it's not the best fucking breast milk you ever had in your life dog you know one one hit bro you know what i'm saying his eyes started rolling back his got all wide pupils dilating and shit he made one phone call suddenly this nigga working for us now he ain't pumped no more other breast milk on Amazon other than our breast milk. You know what I'm saying? That's just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? He even shut down, you know, all the all the all the competitors and shit trying to sell online, bro. Amazon, you know, that they came through. They seen the side. They knew what side was right. You know what I'm saying? Come to the dark side. We got cookies and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's just what we do. 
It's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway. So, after the, the link with Amazon, the endorsement from them, he linked us up with some real farming agencies. You know what I'm saying? He helped us with, you know, equipment, you know, you know tractors, you know, barns to host these women, you know. Uh, bigger space, you know, it's just real industrial shit level shit, bro. We are getting up into the into the ranks. It was like, you know, it was like on some shit, bro. Je- Bezos hit us with um, hit us with the juice, and we double, we double, triple, quadruple. We just kept flipping, bro. We got he gave us the bag essentially, right? Because he's seen the hunger in my eyes, and. and you know, we started flipping, you know, flipping the bag, bro. We weren't tumbling the bag. Don't get me wrong. We was, we took the bag and we doubled it, tripled it, you know, quadrupled it up into the point where I can't even I can't, exponents and shit, bro. We were putting work on that bag. That bag was doing acrobatics, if you will. That bag was flipping like fucking gymnastics and shit. That bag was flipping like a bag in the, like almost like an empty bag in the wind. Shouts out Katy Perry. If you ever feel like a bag in the wind floating on the, through the breeze, but, but that's what our bag was doing. Except we was in a controlled state. We was in that shit. We was hopped up on that shit, man. You know, we started with, with the industrial equipment and, and, you know, we started revolutionizing our shit. You know what I'm saying? We started getting, you know, factory lines going of, of, of milk, milk and these women. Uh, we started adding like additives in this stuff and trying to make our our, uh, our our baby milk a lot more healthier. We put in like proteins, zincs, whole lot of vitamins and, and minerals and shit, you know, all kinds of shit. And we even we even dropped a little hint of caffeine, you know, keep them babies crawling back, baby. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But like it was it was a nice formula. Like we had it down to a science because ba- dude, baby baby milk and berry, bro, he was the visionary, bro. He had like I was just being the middleman trying to buy trying to buy it off of uh, off of the competitors and shit and then flipping it for a profit. I didn't have the the vision that he did and he was a visionary, man. You know, he uh he really seen it come to fruition and I was really happy, man. That he got to see uh, you know our our business booming like like it was, right? And uh you know, when we got done with this final mix, man, and it was like the mix to end all mixes is breast milk. What literally have you slap your mom? You know what I'm saying? You, be, you take this breast, you take one hit of this breast milk, you slapping your mom. You straight from the source, baby. It makes you want to suck titties all day. Even if you, even if you a chick and you you straight and shit, you take one hit of this breast milk, bro. You might go lesbian. That's just say is what it is. It is it was a thespian level of of breast milk. It was like a, a breast milk that has been through you know. Been through like twenty to thirty years of Broadway plays and in and, and an actor, it was a legitimate, uh, like like this breast milk had a legitimate calling for your m- mouth, right? It just wanted to be on the tip of your tongue and just roll down. And uh, with all the additives that we we had, and when we got done f- with the final mix, this breast milk came out blue. You know what I'm saying? We was flipping blue breast milk from coast to coast, baby. We was doing that shit, and. Uh, no, he was breaking, breaking down moms. You know what I'm saying? We were breaking moms and shit. We was, uh, we would, we would go into like, 
you know, bad homes and shit. We just pick up, you know, the, the, the fattest titty bitch. You know what I'm saying? If the uh, place with like three sisters and shit all together, we'd pick up the, you know, the, the biggest chest, uh, of course, because, you know, we're still doing supply and demand and shit. We was picking up. And it got, it got to a point where, uh, got to a point where we was, uh, you know, we, we were trying to get these women. You know, we, we'd have to kidnap them, obviously. Uh, got to a point where uh, the government tried to step in, you know what I'm saying? And then and then we, we paid them off through Best Milk, you know what I'm saying? We paid them off. The government tried to shut us down and shit multiple times. We paid them off, you know, and Amazon essentially was like, here's how you get around. Have you? Heard? And he's like, Jeff Bezos sat us down, right? He's like, you want to get around taxes and you want to get around, you know, treating your employees like shit. And he's like, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And dude, we thought we we're like sitting down, like 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 Fifty Cent, get rich or die trying. When the when the drug dealer taught them them boys how to make a crack, he's like, he sat us down and he had like a presentation and shit. And he's like, you want to know how to get the government off your back? And we was like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. We was all like, we're like waiting for something big, bro. This motherfucker put in an N sixty four. Uh, no, fucking Super Super Nintendo. It was not even an N64. It was the older one. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? This is the richest man alive, and he's he's going in, in back into the 90s video games. He put that motherfucker. He put the cartridge was Super Mario, bro. And he's like, here's how you get rid of the cops. And then he's like, see, look right there. And he said it was a little turtle. And he's like, right there, right there. That's the police, right? And he jumped on on top of the turtle. And he grabbed the turtle shell and threw it at the other turtles. He's like, "That's how you do it." And he just walked out. That the son of a bitch just walked out, dude. I can't. I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was wild because we all sat around like, did, did Jeff Bezos really tell us to evade taxes and, and and lawsuits against your company by literally just playing the first le- not even completing he didn't even complete the level he just jumped on the on the turtle and tossed the shell at the other turtles and, and turned off the game and walked out turned off the projector walked out and we're like yo this is this is wild this is this is insane but at the same time it at that time it didn't make sense but throughout you know the next couple of months you know he, he, the only way we were Really getting rid of you know the the cops and and the, and the feds and the the taxes is that we would pay off the dudes and get them to work with us and then we would use you know the shell of of the dirty cops to blanket us and you know and help shield us against uh you know the regular you know the the good boys you know if you will the good uh government agents which is so few because we just paid so many off there's such a corrupt place because we just kept paying them off yeah i would say it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows you know apparently the breast milk game isn't as easy as uh breastfeeding you know as mothers will tell you it's not like stealing candy from a baby baby you know what i'm saying there was a little this is tricky Situation. It was a rough road. This, uh, this, this game. You know, this game is is a game to not be played lightly. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to err on the side of caution. 
Yo, we got word that a local gang was trying to do numbers in our turf. They're titled, this gang was, you know, this gang was kind of small gang, but they were coming up. They're called the PNKs, you know, we called them the, uh, the Puffy Nipple Killers, you know. They took a lot of our street clients, man. You know, with low income, they, they had it cheaper, you know what I mean? And they had pink milk, you know what I'm saying? They were doing pink milk, and... and that's feminine, right off, right off top. You know what I'm saying? You, you already know. You know, blue or, um, or pink. You know what I'm saying? Blue, a lot more stronger color. The whole sky blue, baby. Very rare is the sky pink, baby. But yeah, you know, baby milk and Barry walked into their establishment or their trap. It was, it was a dingy trap house. It wasn't. It was nothing to, you know, you know, it wasn't nothing to, to take a second glance at, if you will. And he came in with a few of our guys, head he- very heavy, bro. You know what I mean? Set their whole place on fire, bro. There, no one was there. You know, and sh- you know, set their whole place on fire. But while they were pulling out, trucks were pulling in, and, and Bar- Barry took two to the head, man. When he was fleeing, when he was fleeing the scene, Barry took two to the head. Yeah. I was surprised to doing business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah. R.I.P. You know, R.I.P. Ba- uh, Baby Milk and Barry, man. He he was a visionary. He was he was this shit, and I'm gonna see this shit to uh, fruition, right? I'm gonna see his dreams to to I'm gonna see his dreams, you know, come true, right? And, and he seen it in the works, and he was he was he got kind of got a little, you know, he kind of got a little headstrong. I mean, going in. Burning the place. He he was one of the top guys. Why would he do it himself? But he he was that. Even though he was the boss, he was still at the front lines of the shit. You know what I'm saying? So nothing but respect to Baby Milk and Barry, baby. Uh, you know we had a lot of guys, man. We had Walter. Where's the white? You know, latch on Larry. You know, Connor Copperfield Carson, Jesse Pump Em Up Pinkman, and Big Booby Bobby, baby. Uh, you know, and we all moved up in the ranks once Barry was gone, you know. Uh, no, But no one more than me. Because I was with Baby Milk and Barry from the beginning, you know what I'm saying. We was, uh, we was like, we was like uh, Steve Jobs and the other guy. We was like uh, Bill Gates and the other guy. You know, we was like uh, Elon Musk and his friend, you know what I'm saying. We was like, we was like, uh, you know. We was like the business partners, you know, uh, Siegfried and Roy, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, uh, Hall and Oates, you know what I'm saying? Opie and Anthony, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just the, uh, Ray Schremer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Slim Jimmy and, the, and, uh, the other guy that raps is Slim Jimmy, you know, the more popular one. But I was Slim Jimmy, don't get me wrong, I was the second, I was the second up, I- I was just the guy following orders, right? I was the oats to his hall. Was Hall the guy? Uh, either way, you know, Jay to Beyonce. I was Jay Z. You know, uh, you know, I let I let him I let him do a lot of uh, dancing on stage, if you will. But I moved up once he was gone. I moved up into that position, right? And I had to prove my worth. I had to set these boys straight. You know what I'm saying? Latch on Larry spoke to me about a little problem we had. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, Frankie, and we call it Frankie. We call Frankie, Formula Frankie, right? 
You know what I'm saying? This guy was getting high off his own supply. And his drops were coming in a little light. You know what I'm saying? His shit was like... You know, it'd come down to it like, we need 100 grand every month from this motherfucker. Then it became 90. Then it became 80. Then it became 70. Once it got to 60, I started knocking at his dough. You know what I'm saying? Came down through. Came in the clutch and shit. Kicked down his dough. You know what I'm saying? Because I was knocking. And no, no, no answer. Then I kicked down the door. I said, oh, shit. Frankie, you you know what I mean? And he was scrambling, bro. He was like, you know, he has a bunch of newspapers all over the floor. Look like he hasn't bathed in weeks. You know what I'm saying? He was like... He's in the corner huddled like one of those uh, I Am Legend zombies and shit. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, dr- yo, Frankie, you drinking our shit, man. You drinking our shit. And I slapped him on the side of the head. And he, he started cowering and shit. He said, no, nah, man, no, 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 not at all, man. And he, no, no. Nah, nah. And he, this dude was tweaking, you know what I'm saying? I could see, you know, I could see into his pupils and shit. He was gone on, you know, he was gone off that, on, the, on that baby milk. And I said, what's that, what's that fucking stuff on the side of your mouth? What's that blue shit on the side of your mouth, motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? He said, you know what I'm saying? He said, oh, it's, it's Mountain Dew, man. It's Mountain Dew. It's that, it's, that, it's that voltage Mountain Dew, bro. And I was like, bullshit, man. Let me taste it, right? You know, I put a gun to his head. I said, yo, let me taste this shit. And he started sweating. You know what I'm saying? I could see his eyes getting real wide. He was worried, right? And I put my finger around his lip. And I tasted it. Son of a bitch, it was breast milk. This man was off the shits, bro. This man was dipping into our funds, dipping into our supply chain, if you will. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and it was pure uncut milk, bro. This motherfucker, this actually tasted better than shit we were selling, you know, to the public. I don't know how he got that, but... I said, Frankie, man, we could have worked something out. Frankie, why did you do this shit, man? You know, why'd you do this to me, man? You know? I was like, yo, you, you took, you took our, our shit. You lied to me. You know what I mean? We could have, we could have moved past this. You know, we could have got your help, sent you to a rehab facility. But you lied to me, Frankie. And I got to make an example out of you. I shot him in the head. Took all the leftover milk that he had scrounged around. Took all his, you know, jewelry and shit. Ransacked the place and I burned it. I burned it down. Burned it down. No evidence and shit. And back in my office, man, I was stressed out. I was stressed out. I was looking at that shit. And I had a little taste of, I had a little taste of that breast milk. And I was like, kind of tripping still. So I poured me a couple cups of the, of the breast milk. You know what I'm saying? And poured up. I poured up, man. Because uh, Formula Frankie was a Formula baby, man. His mother said he couldn't latch on and shit. So when he got his first real hit of, of breast milk, man, motherfucker went crazy, right? Motherfucker went mad. He couldn't handle it, man. It was like crack to him. And then, you know, he just, he just, he went off the wires and shit. And, and I had to kill him. I had to... I had to do that. I had to do him in, you know. It was uh, it was tough, but ain't no sense in crying over spilled milk, you know. So, so 
anyways, you know, more and more shoe, you know, move, moving on from, you know, breast milk shortage. Um, more and more shootings are going on, you know what I'm saying, in the United States. A lot of shootings going on. And, and, and yeah, people with guns, stop that shit, man. Stop that shit, guys. You guys got to stop shooting. Um, with these mass murderers, man, it, there's a special place in hell for these people, right? With, the, you know, the Buffalo shooter, he was, you know, he was racist. He was trying to gun down a lot of black men. Uh, I say, I say, if... If it's possible, you know, he's probably, he's probably in hell, right? Just constantly getting, just getting his booty clap, you know, his booty clap, bro. I think with a lot of these guys, you know, especially racists and shit, there's only one thing you get in the afterlife and it's like horrible. It's like the Dante's level of Inferno, man. I believe in God, man. Shout out to God. I love you, God. Uh, but I also believe that there's, like, some sort of evil, you know, when when people... Because, uh, you know, the, the, the I don't know if it's, like, the devil or anything or if it's just literally just torture or you come back and reincarnate it as, like, an ant or something, like, you know, or, like, an amoeba. Or you're just constantly just shit out of luck. You're not... You're not a, you're not you're not coming back as like a nice flower. You know what I'm saying? You're getting you're coming back as like a gazelle that gets chased his whole life by the lions, baby. And I I mean, it's it's a cowardly thing, you know, to just unload on on unarmed people. It's cowardly to just walk around, walk into uh in a school or any public place, and uh, just open fire because. You know, these guys are like, they got a lot of mental problems. They're fucking crazy. They uh, they come in and they shoot down a bunch of people and then they off themselves. And it's like, they're such losers. You know what I mean? They can't even go out alone. You know what I'm saying? It's because they spent their whole life alone. Probably neglected by their parents. You know what I'm saying? Not loved. Couldn't. A lot of these people are incels. They can't get, you know, they're virgins and shit. 18-year-old shooters and whatever they are. Whatever, like just dudes that never got laid before. They, they never got their money together. You know what I'm saying? Always, you know, just struggling with shit. They're losers. And and the 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 picture, you know, the, the media puts out is like we got to control guns and stuff. And I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, there's a whole lot of guns in America. It, it statistically it should happen a lot more if if it was if that was the direct problem but it i know i think it might be mental health but it also might just be it might just be a weird coincidence that a lot of these guys are like you know federally funded a lot of these guys get like like ransacked like a lot of these guys get you know the FBI knocking at the dough every now and then and saying hey what What's all these posts that you're doing on 4chan, buddy? You know, what's all these these wild conspiracies that you drum up every now and then on uh, on Facebook? You know what I mean? You're dropping a lot of shit on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You're taking photos of a lot of guns on Facebook and saying that you're going to, you know, you're going to bring, uh, bring what God wants to earth or some shit. You're talking crazy, dude. You fucking crazy motherfucker. And, and it's weird that the FBI, you know. 
knows a lot of these guys, you know, like the CIA and, and the people monitoring it, the alphabet boys, they know that these guys are dangerous. They know that these guys are all like fucked in the head because they have to monitor all of their shit. Like I thought, I thought the government knew everything about everything, everything about everyone. I would assume that the majority of, of, of shit that you share, you know, where you go, ah, you know, I'm just going to tweet this out is, is, is more information that you had than all of history before the internet was existing. So they should have with these checks and balances, like the TSA, you know, whatever the, the monitoring secure, the government monitoring our phones, why doesn't it prevent shit like this yet? Why haven't we gotten to the point? And the conspiracy to me is, well, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll break down the conspiracy in a bit. But uh, with the, the this, this most recent one, the Texas shooter shooting children at an elementary school. It was like 19 children and two teachers in the school shooting in Texas, man. And I, I pray for all the families in, in all of these shootings. And, and it's wild that it happens so frequently that people, you know, there's, there's word on the internet that people have gotten tired of it. Like, Oh, it's like, okay, another one. But in reality, man, it's tough for anybody to deal with that. Whether it's fucking sponsored by the government, which is wild, whether it's fucking just a crazy person, it's just, I can't imagine the families. And I I pray for all the families and all the victims of these recent shootings. Cause it's horrendous, man. It's it's horrendous. I pray uh, for all all the pe- the people involved, including you know the people like the people that feel the need to go around shooting. And I, and I, you know what? I pray that it doesn't happen again. I pray that these fucking people get help because they're fucking sick fucks. Also, if they did shoot, you know, the, for all these people that shoot the you know shoot a bunch of people, I pray that you know the devil does does work. I pray that the devil does exist because there's there's evil out there. There's some just evil people that don't give a fuck. There's motherfucking killers. That's just it is what it is. And I pray that the devil deals with these people, you know what I'm saying, in a very methodical, you know what I mean, and horrific way. You know, shit that makes, you know, like the average horror movie that you've been watching go that ain't nothing. You know, the devil cracks his fingers and he starts torturing and tormenting them for all of eternity, please. You know, that's just that's just what it is. And I don't wish that upon any 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 normal person, of course, any person that just makes mistakes. I pray for people that take the lives, especially due to children and just, you know, just black, you know, oh, I just hate black people. I'm going to go shoot up a bunch of fucking, you know, you know, it's just sick. It's sick. You know, shooting these Mexican children, and it's wild. Uh, and I, I, I pray if, that their families do well. And I kind of got off a little bit, but I pray that the families are, are, are doing okay. And I pray for all of those those innocent children and innocent people in the shootings of teachers uh, that they, uh, they, 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 it was, it, I, I pray that it wasn't a painful death and, and they lived their life. And, and, and they're, they're going to be, they're going to come back because they were good souls, right? They were innocent people. Uh, but it is fucked up, man. It's fucked up. 
and it and it feels like it's happening too much. And I think, I mean, you can argue all you want, but uh, there is a certain degree of truth when it comes down to Canada has the same amount of mental health problems as 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 America. The only difference I think in Canada and America is like the big obvious thing is the, the gun control. In Canada, it's a little bit more strict, just a little bit. It's not even that much more strict than uh, than America. Like, I mean, if I really wanted to, and I could go down the street and find a gun in Canada, but I really, but I joke around a lot. I, I mean, to get a little serious, I fuck around a lot, and I got these little CO two pistols or whatever, but. I mean, even then, I'm like, man, this is this is a fucking deadly weapon. This is a deadly weapon, right? I got a bat in my trunk, and I go, you know, maybe we'll we'll lock it up in my trunk because it's it still can be used when in a fit of rage to just express your anger to anybody. Which, I mean, obviously, I'm smart enough and clear that I didn't. You know, there's no assault charges on me or anything, but. I mean, if I had a gun, there'd be, like, it's just so easy. Like, it just, if if any single point in your life, and I think even my mom said it, and my mom's the sweetest person ever, but she's like, I can't have a gun. Who the fuck is no one just shot a whole bunch of dumb fucks as of late? And it's like that whole, anyone can just have a bad day. Anyone could just have a bad day. Now, imagine if, and I don't want to say that, we can just sum up every shooting as a dude having a bad day and it could happen at any time because that's a little too easy. That's a little too light for uh, these, you know, sick fucks. A lot of the time, it's a slow build. We all watched the Joker, you know? We watched this guy, just a perpetual loser. And And I think a lot of these guys watch the movie and they go, hey, yeah. I mean, but then it just, like, to see something happen and then watch it go through, it's almost like if you're play, if you're a kid playing GTA and, you know, all the senseless killing kind of puts into perspective once you get to a certain, once you get to a certain, you know, not level in the game, but a certain level-headed mindset where you can kind of realize, you know, all this shit. Because you could hop into a game and differentiate that it's just a video game, Right. And in and, and like movies and art and stuff, you could listen to rap all day and feel a certain way and go, yeah, yeah, you know, this you know, dude is talking about killing or something. But you can put in perspective that it's just a thought. A lot of these, but I think a lot of these, these dudes, you know, and I think they're all men, right? I, you know, all men shooters. A lot of these guys, you know, they're troubled. Either they come from troubled, you know, backgrounds. They come from just horrendous, you know, lives. You know, there's not real. There's not a lot of uh, mental health help for them. You know, they live their life and they slowly get deeper and deeper into this weird uh, emotionalist uh, lifestyle where they, you know, they were on an internet forum. And an internet forum, you know, like 4chan or something, where it's just a dude trolling, you know, a dude trolling you. Yeah, go ahead, kill everybody. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. I'm killing myself. And he, if you read those things with, without a grain of salt, you read these, these forums without, like, uh, 
a lot of this fiction, all of it's fiction. Sometimes there's some real shit, but it's usually the psychopaths that are, are like, yeah, so here's the here's the head of a dead body I killed. You know, a lot of those people are fucking crazy, right? But if you read any, a lot of the stories are embellished, a lot of the stories are fucked and, 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 and everything. But if they're just constantly, you know, they're just on the worst parts of the internet in this subculture where they think people are like them but there's a lot of just people trolling to pretend to be that crazy person right or you're watching insta you're just scrolling through instagram seeing a bunch of your friends being the best versions of themselves which a lot of the time it's cap a lot of the time these people aren't real you can kind of get into this weird state with your head you know what i'm saying and with mental illness man there's a couple of crackheads that I've seen on the corner of, of my, my block. And I would tell you, they do not need a gun. If a gun was easy access for them, guaranteed, you know, a 7-Eleven dude getting shot, you know, a liquor, you know, the liquor mart, uh, you know, the liquor mart or beer vendor, the local beer vendors, those guys are getting shot because I know those crackheads. I've seen them. I've seen them when they're sober. And the weirdest thing is seeing these crackheads when they're so meth heads or whatever. They're normal walkers. You know, they're just walking around, you know, kind of like, you know, looking around maybe for their next hit or whatever. Uh, but when they're tweaking, man, I see this dude. I've seen this dude dance for 12 hours. Right. I, I fucking drove home from work. Went to sleep, woke back up, you know, like, you know, whatever, 12 hours, eight hours, 12 hours later. Dude's still dancing, bro. He's still dancing on the corner of 7-Eleven, just fucking getting it. And he didn't even come up with new dance moves, dude. He was on the repeat of, like, three or four dance moves. Now, if he, like, had a gun, there's no telling what he would do because he's dancing for 12 hours. Nobody does that, right? And, and and to make the argument of, of, of in favor of gun control, a lot of it comes down to the access to weapons. Now, if everyone has a knife, more people get stabbed, right? But uh, if everyone's also uh, health, happy and healthy, I think less people get stabbed even with the fact that everyone has knives. In Canada, probably, for, for mental health, we're, we're probably great, great. There's a lot of people that... I think everybody deals with it. Everybody has problems. Everybody gets stressed out. Everybody gets has as a, a certain lot. Like I wouldn't say it's like a, like a lost in life uh, time. There's a time frame when you're picking what you want to do in, in your life, right? Because in in a in a, in a first world country, you you have so many options, and you can. You can kind of get carried away with the options, and or you can kind of have a FOMO, right? Where it's like you're you're miss you fear you have a fear of missing out. Like say, for me personally, I had a fear of missing out going to college right after or college or university right after um, uh, right after high school, and I felt I felt kind of like a loser, but at the same time, I was still starting off my life, so. My brain had this weird defense mechanism where I almost wanted to show people that I was better than just having the job that I had. And I had a pretty fucking fairly shitty job, but I was 
constantly trying to overcompensate for that job and it came out in weird strange ways like up all night working and coming home writing raps i would make a lot of mixtapes during this time and i just wasn't getting enough sleep and i wasn't and eventually it led to me crashing and 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 involuntarily in into a mental hospital and i think the more that i think about it and the more that i kind of roll it in my head the more i go there it was like i wouldn't say it was like oh it's the drugs or it was the up all night kind of thing because i can stay awake for weeks and not be i can stay awake for for a while at least and not feel so bad but i think it was just a combination of just really not really not knowing what I wanted to do and and kind of having doubts in in what I was doing which was rapping I kind of felt like I would probably never be the guy the famous guy I don't see my because even then if I if I role play that I don't like that I don't like when people come up to me on the street I don't like when I walk into a place and it's like Hey, I don't, you know why my birthdays suck? Because that's how I like them. I don't want a lot of people to go, hey, happy birthday. I don't want a lot of people in my life. It's like I prefer to be alone because that's where my fucking create. I can't write a whole fucking, you know what I mean? You can't write a whole, you know, breast milk, uh, pumping breast milk uh, skit. I can't write that with five six people having a party you just can't write those things and a lot of my shit is like i like just being alone so i can write these elaborate like fox tales like uh oscar wilde you know what i'm saying like uh hemingway bro like a shakespeare dog and these are the greatest writers of the time right of of, of their times right and i'm on that level too but uh if if when if going unchecked and, and say I never got better I never really I never harmed anybody I never hurt anybody but I could see if I came from a broken home if I came from a place where my mom never loved me if you know I was abused uh, in school or something <sighs> yeah I could see how I could see how mental illness would play an impact on 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 certain people in life and and if if left unchecked man for especially for men because the 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 whole thing is men are easier to deal with when if you have a boy men are easy to deal with but it's because there's no reward system for men sharing their their emotions the 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 best that we have is literally a podcast which is talking to the ethers for the internet and talking to the internet for God knows how many hours you do it. Uh, how, how many, you know, once a week, twice a week, three times a week, four times. You know, on the Joe Rogan experience, four or five times a week with three hours apiece. And you constantly need that sharing information, sharing your emotions, sharing your feelings and your opinions. And, and, and how you, how, you know, how you feel on the day. Because men don't get shit. If, you, if a man's single and he doesn't have a girl, and even then, even if he does have a girl, and he, you think a guy just shares his shit with his girl all day? Because it, it, it works maybe for a couple months, but then 
Girl kind of feels like it's a weakness if he's if you you know I want to talk about my day, baby. Like what the fuck? Who's this pussy nigga that I I used to know? This is somebody that I used to know. You know what I'm saying? I think there's no real reward system. We'll end on the note that I don't think there's a real reward system for uh, for for men with mental. And this is not. This is two separate things. Separate because it, it, it is a, still a gun control problem in America. And, and I kind of argued with my buddy the other the other you know a couple couple months back about the gun control problem is a problem. But he was like, yeah, but if I put a gun down on the table, right? And that's the age-old additive. Will that gun shoot anybody? No, but if I wanted to shoot somebody, that gun makes it so much easier. Right? A gun makes it so much easier to just just end somebody's life. It just, it, it puts everybody at, uh, anybody that has a bad day, anybody that, uh, like, especially, like, with kids running around, do you think... You think it's easy? Is it is it nice to have you know fucking thirteen, fourteen year olds in school with guns, and, and they gotta bring guns because other people are bringing guns, and they seen you know little Tommy out with a with a Tommy gun at at school. You think that's fucking like? You think that's like? Oh yeah, well it's it's God given right to have a gun, right? It is a problem. Don't get me wrong, but it's also it's. It, I don't understand why it's the left and the right. There's two sides, you know what I mean. There's two sides, and I feel like I'm stuck stuck with the Green Party, going like, "Yo, it's guns." Don't get me wrong, and it's also mental health. It's a combined thing. Like people could have their guns as long as they check out with the mental health. That's the rules. That's the system that they invented. So like, yo, and a lot of these people. And selling guns is a big market too, so you can sell guns to like crazy people if you're kind of you're kind of sketchy. You sell. and it goes down the list like a like a game of secret, where it's like, first of all, the government gets guns; so they're very you know safe and diligent. Yeah, safe and diligent. The government's very honest and 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 trustworthy. They get the guns, and then the guns get flooded out into these markets. Now these markets get. You know, people that buy guns and, and sell them at guns, registered gun stores. Then, you know, it goes down to, like, selling to the customer. Now, a customer comes in, buys a bunch of guns. You know, he's got an arsenal of guns. Then, he may know some people. He's like, yeah, I got all these guns. I just, you know, want to buy them in bulk, take them in bulk. I just fucking, what am I going to do with all these guns? I'm on my deathbed. All these guns get, you know, put up. This is one guy. Now, this one guy's kind of shady. This one guy's like, uh... Like uh, Matthew McConaughey in uh in that movie with uh, that that white boy Rick, you know he's pumping guns out. Now he gets his son just to you know distribute guns all around to these inner city gangs, and 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 that's I think how it is. And in the gang, I mean you're a gang member, you're like I don't give a fuck. You you want to shoot something up? Here's a gun. I just want some money, you know. And and it gets down to like. The, the brass tax of, of, of gun control, guns, any gun control uh, in itself is that, you know, you create, what what is it? If you have a, if you have a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail. If you have a gun, everything looks like a target, right? Because, like, I mean, me and, my, me and the boys start shooting bottles. We start shooting bottles with our little, with my little CO2. 
and it's fun. And but, but you know, the boys are like, "Yo, let's fucking shoot again. Let's do it again." And, and they're getting blood, you know, because these guys are crazy. They're getting um, bloodthirsty for the bottles. They're trying to kill these bottles. And uh, it, I think everything can get carried away, right? And in, in, in life, you need a healthy medium. You need a balance. You need something to kind of offset these these uh, these struggles in, internally. And yeah, there you can have you can own a gun and never shoot somebody because it's ninety percent of Americans do do that. And just like you can own a kitchen knife and never stab anybody, just like you can own a fucking baseball bat and never crack it over the side of head, the side of the head of somebody, you can own a car and never fucking run it into a fucking field of children, right? It's just that's what it is. But mistakes happen, and, and there's mistakes, and and there's also intentional people that just want to fuck up the world and 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 any little corner of it. And guns make that so much more easier. Moving on. Uh, Kendrick Lamar just dropped his new album, The Big Snow, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Subsequently, Kodak Black was featured on that album. And Kodak Black just dropped. He just came out of jail. Shouts out to Kodak Black. You know, he's he's a killer. Uh, He just dropped his, his album, Back for Everything. Now, since Kodak Black was released from jail, he has been on fire. He's been kicking ass and and taking names, appearing on everybody's track from Jason Derulo and the infamous Kendrick Lamar album. He was on that. He was on that. He was, you know, he was like one of the two like big feature headline features besides you know Kendrick Lamar's cousin Baby Keem. You know, and, and Kendrick Lamar's got I'm sorry, Kendrick Lamar's got, you know he's got he's got the lyrics obviously. But for me I think Kodak Black and this is we'll compare the two. Cause they're the two albums that I fucking I'm really like glad are in the ethers of the internet. But Kodak Black has, you know, pain and struggle in his voice. Kodak Black, you know, he's just got out of jail. He's got the hunger, you know. He's got something that I don't know if Kendrick Lamar will ever have, and that's the the ability to rap on on meth. I mean, he's he was taken. He he says throughout a lot of his songs that he smokes meth and shit, and and fucking dude can still stay on flow he can still rap he's still making music and i think my favorite fucking kodak black track uh, uh, as of late in the last year and a half is feeling peachy it's such a it's such a song that i can listen to that like constantly over and over again that's you know feeling peachy it's a good song and it's a, it's a single that didn't even make the album. It didn't even make any of his albums. I was looking, kind of looking through his albums. It's just a single. And he just, so it was like, yo, it's just a toss away. You know what I mean? And his new track off of his, his, his latest album, Back for Everything, The Midas Touch, is something where you can listen to, you could listen to Midas Touch and you can hear the pain in his voice and you can also hear... Almost like what, he, like you could hear a lot without like 
Kodak Black has a way of giving you just a little, but you can hear everything through it. You can understand the story and you can paint. He's a vivid storyteller without saying much, right? You know, and uh, probably, you know, one of the albums I could say is 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 that back for everything I'm going to put up against Mr. Morale and a Big Stepper. Now, hip-hop fans and hip-hop aficionados, listen to me, listen to me out. Listen me out. Or sorry, listen to me and let, let let me let me speak it out or hear me out on this one. Played front to back both albums, right? I listened to both. So those were the only albums that I could listen to front to back without uh, you know, cuz usually when I I'm a hip-hop fan i love hip-hop in all regards from the little bees and soldier boys to the kendrick lamars and kanye west's and m&m's right i like it all you know and and with with this new album from kodak black it might be the greatest album that he has produced so far now points on the board for because everybody raps different, everybody has their different flows, and what makes you know you can always go you can always go on what makes the dopest rapper, what makes the best rapper. Tupac had soul in his shit, but Biggie had his flows. Don't get me wrong, Biggie has his flows, and the punchlines is it the punchline motherfuckers like Lil Wayne, or is it the story vivid storytelling like Eminem? It, you know it, 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 it you know you see kind of see it's all art, it's art. You know what I mean? Some people like these paintings. Some people like this. You know, there's different kinds of paintings all around. You know, but for strictly on comparing the artist within the artist, and every artist is in competition with themselves and how they can top themselves. Kodak Black right now with that shit on. You know, he's got Jason Derulo after dropping the song a couple years back with Gucci Man and, and and Bruno Mars. He reached an, another level of heights. I feel like right now we're in the prime of Kodak Black because that Back for Everything album. It's gotten. It's gotten this like it kind of you can kind of look it over as mumble rap. And it's gotten this, you know, Kodak Black's gotten this weird, like, oh, he's trash. He's part of the, he's part of that generation of mumble rap. But I would say, man, front to back, the album holds up. Like, at first, I listened to the Back for Everything album with the intention that it was going to be trash. I put the first track on. And I couldn't stop listening to the album front to back. Like it was literally, I wasn't a fairly big Kodak Black fan, but since I heard that song Feeling Peachy, I was like, I got to give this guy a chance because I'm really liking what he's doing, you know, as of late. Put that on and it turned my mind into thinking like he might be one of the greatest generation no uh, musicians of our era. And just put that out there. As far as being able to rap on meth is is a is a big thing because he he talks about it avidly in his songs in in this album. He's like I'm off meth and shit, you know, on it or whatever. I hope he gets better just because he's a good artist, and a lot of the times with the mumble rap. 
You got, he even has a song with French Montana called Lock Jaw. You know what I mean? Let's be a, he has a song called Lock Jaw with French Montana. And it's about doing a lot of drugs and your jaw gets locked up. You can't move your jaw. So you start talking like this. And that's like the origination of mumble rap, right? And for people, like I tried to explain to my brother one time, I was like, you know why people mumble rap? You know why these rappers mumble rap? Because I don't think they want to snitch on themselves. I don't think that they want to do anything. But it's like a, like the studio is like a therapy. So they have to go to you know, go through it, talk to somebody. It's like podcasts or something. It's a form of therapeutic uh, remedies. But these guys don't, they don't write. They, they just, so they take a couple of Zans or they, they take a little bit of lean or something and they're fucked up. And they're, whether they're just drunk or high or, or whatever, both, right? You're just fucked up and you start slurring your word. You start talking with an accent barely moving your jaw but you're still kind of talking like uh, mumble rap that's like the origins and i'm pretty sure that's because that's the logical that's my logical thinking of like how so many of these mumble rappers because a lot of them are doing the drugs they're all talking about it so it it's they created their own kind of style as far as just you know getting high in the studio and, and rhyming right so and as far as that generation, Kodak Black might be the king of, of his element. He's the king of his element. And, and he's, he's having the best time right now, I, I believe. He's having his best time. Now moving on to Kendrick Lamar. As far as, you know... Actually, you know what? No, no, no. I got, I got a couple more things for Kodak Black. As far as playability for Kodak Black, he has a way of rapping where you can't get enough. I can hear the pain and struggle through his mumble raps. He has stated multiple times that he, you know, is an avid meth user. And to be honest, it's insane how it doesn't get in the way of his, his writing and, or, or his rhyming and his storytelling. Because the way his quality, you know, it doesn't get in the way of his, the quality of his music. And uh, a lot of people, you know, don't do drugs like that. But to explain it and to get into your song and get your your listeners in, into the head into your head i i understand a lot of of, of what he goes through and the pain and the struggle of addiction because it's happening and it's unfolding right in, in in front of like our eyes and our, our ears especially in our ears when we're listening to his music it, he unfolds a certain part of people's brains in, in addiction now Speaking of addiction, light up a smoke one sec. Now, Kendrick Lamar, as far as I know, he does do hard drugs, right? Maybe he smokes a little bit of weed, drinks a little bit. Maybe he's he's gone full Muslim and he's he's completely sober. So that's strike one, right? Second, <laughs> second. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar called Kodak Black to hop on his album. Kodak Black did not call Kendrick Lamar to hop on his album. Strike two. You know, no doubt in my mind, though, like, in all honesty, no doubt in my mind, Kendrick Lamar lyrically is so much better than, uh, than Kodak Black. 
and he's more creative at times. He's a lot more creative. He's not just making a song. He's making like art, right? Kendrick Lamar. Uh, but in my mind, there's also no doubt that Kodak Black has lived and experienced life to the utmost, more more over than Kendrick. You know, he's been to jail. He's he's done this. He's done art. Constant arm robberies. He talks about murder a lot. I, I don't know if he does or not. I mean, it is what it is. But he's he seems like he's grown up around these guys, and he probably still has a lot of these you know gangsters in in his life, and he's still really about it. And you know, he went to jail just for the gun charges the other day. He got shot at Justin. No oh, side note. Kodak Black got shot recently at Justin Bieber's party, right? One of the uh, safest people you could be at is Party. I'm sure he has security. I'm sure there's... But he gets shot. You know, he got shot. And he got shot in, like, the ass cheek or something. Uh, which is wild. Like, that in and of itself is, is an experience that probably would be the highlight of most people's life. But that's just like every, every day Tuesday for Kodak Black and his crazy wild antics, right? So there's no doubt in my mind that he has a life that, that you can kind of... You would wa- rather watch, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street than the clean cut how to do banking properly, guys. You know what I mean? You'd just rather watch, you know, Jordan Belford talk some shit than you would want to hear some real estate mogul that, you know, just played safe every day, right? Uh, and the comparison's kind of there, kind of not. Uh, but, um, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and another strike against Kendrick is Kendrick Lamar opened up about. You know, and this is a weakness. You know, you never admit this shit. Never. You never want to admit this stuff on your songs. Well, Kendrick Lamar said he had writer's block for two years. Now, real niggas like like, like Kodak, they don't get writer's block. (laughs) They always got something, you know, that they could just talk about, bro. That's why so many motherfuckers have these stories about shooting people and shit. Because, you know, ultimately... They, they, they got so much material, right? It's content. But Kendrick Lamar went two years struggling to find his, uh, his flow, his rhythm, his lyrics, or whatever. But creatively dropping a song, and this points for Kendrick, about a couple fighting, you know, the, the We Cry Together track. To me, that probably is the best song on the album because it's so unique points for creativity most unique song i've ever heard as of late it's a it's literally a song about two couples you know two two a man and a woman fighting arguing cussing each other out but you could dance to it you can hit that millie rock right you can vibe to that song about them two people cussing each other out right is wild uh which to me that you know, points on the board for Kendrick on that. And my favorite song on the album, Mr. Morale, is Silent Hill. Push these niggas out me like, hmm. Push these bitches out me like, hmm. I, I, to me, that's a great, it's a unique come in for a hook. You know, nigga, hmm. It's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Kendrick Lamar's got bangers. Uh, but it felt kind of lackadaisical throughout the album. I listened to it. And there's times where I'm going, okay, I'm out, and he got me back in. With Kendrick or with Kodak Black's album, I was in it 
pretty much the whole way. There's a couple times where Kendrick or Kodak is off flow. There's a couple times where Kendrick's off flow. But as far as MCing goes, it's more noticeable when the greats like Kendrick are off than Kodak. You you give more leeway for the mumble rap, right? And 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 Kodak Black coming in on Silent Hill. You know, off the pharmaceuticals, bro. He dropped pharmaceuticals. I think that was the biggest word in the song, to be honest. Pharmaceuticals. You know what I'm saying? That's a big word. You know, points on the board for Kodak. Just, just dropping that word. You know, he's off the pharmaceuticals. It, 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 I don't know, man. Like, he's he's like a lovable... He's a lovable character. Whereas Kendrick Lamar, you expect him to do the right thing all the time. And that might be... That might be pressure. But you expect... What is it? A guy to push the boulder up the hill every day just because he has to do it, right? He, just because he, he's strong enough to do it. And, uh, like with the, the Kendrick album, man, he feels like he's not in his zone. Like, I felt like Kodak Black was in his zone with, uh, Back for Everything. With, with Kendrick, it feels he's, he's definitely got an album there there's definitely bangers on the album there's definitely introspective lyrical shit in his album and content that you could listen to over and over and over again but it feels like he's in and around his zone he's not really deep in it doesn't feel like his it's his best body of work because he can compare mr morale and the big steppers to uh to pimp a butterfly and i listened to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Then I went and listened immediately after, listened to Pimp a Butterfly. And I thought to myself, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers feels like a B side version of To Pimp a Butterfly, which he did about nine years ago. To me, personally, I don't know. I don't know much about the fans and, and how they feel. And if, if they think it's the best album to date, okay, they think it's the best album to date. That's their opinion. I feel personally that to pimp a butterfly related to and can relate to more people than Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. One, the album title itself. Two, Kendrick Lamar had this thing with a fan during that time when he dropped I I Love Myself off of To Pimp a Butterfly. And a fan said, that song, I Love Myself, stopped me from suicide. Now, I don't know much about all the suicides he stopped with the new album. But, you know, I, I don't, like, I listen to the whole thing and I don't, like, there's times where I go, these are very specific, you know what I mean? Like, rich spirit and, and doing the right thing and, and being raised without a father. Those are all very good, relatable things that we can all kind of. We can all kind of, you know, if you grew up without a father, you could all kind of uh, relate to. But I never, like, I Love Myself is one of those things where it's literally telling the audience, you know, to sing along and say, I love myself, right? It's to give a self-image. And I think there's a couple of songs missing off of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers to just generally enjoy yourself. There's no enjoy yourself. It's a it's a struggle album. 
but there's no like breakthrough clear defining moment there's a little bit of the talk on the transgenders you know a little bit about you know believe you know being yourself and loving yourself in that regard but that's a specific community that he's speaking to right and it's like we're all humans and stuff but it's it's kind of like a it's the pissing in the wind to please the woke culture kind of i felt like but it could be his true feelings don't get me wrong and i'm breaking it down for what it is and how i felt on the album but i feel like if you can't even top yourself and bodies of work that you've created, it's not the best album. It can't be because you have to pimp a butterfly right there. And then speaking of previous albums, damn, you know, with the direction that he was going, I felt like with damn, it was tight, tight and by the numbers and by the books. It's like, that's what, that's where Kendrick Lamar is leaning towards. And he went back to do the to pimp a butterfly flow but he was kind of it was lackadaisical at this point because it was nine years of giving that type of rapping a break he went into you know the black panther uh soundtrack where again we we like to think kendrick lamar is this deep intellectual guy but he still has songs literally the the main hit song on the album black panther he was rapping some shit like uh i bought I bought a 87 Cutlass for the weekend. I made 200,000 and I freaked it. That was the hook. Let's just throw that. Let's just put, let's be honest. If Kendrick Lamar is this lyrical for the hit song, Black Panther, the hook was, I made 200,000 and I freaked it. I freaked it. You know, the ad lib was, I freaked it. That was, that was a thing. You know what I mean? And, and, and the, the hit song of his last album, Literally was sit down and be humble. Literally, sit down, be humble. His next song immediately, I bought two hundred. I bought an eighty-seven Cutlass for the weekend. I bought you know, and he got future on the song saying, "I, I put a Rolls Royce on my wrist, so yeah." This is you know, I mean, let's let's just attack it for what it is itself. It's not so. There's no some. There's not some deep metaphor. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's just. It's a flashy song that didn't really make sense being on the Black Panther album. Let's, uh, is this what uh, Black Panther fought for? No. So let's just be honest, man. It feels like that whole kind of lead up is to why he felt, and especially with New Freezer. It's like, uh, I just, to be honest, man, to throw that out there, like, it felt like Kendrick Lamar was kind of trying to play both sides of, of, of the lyrical miracles and also getting flows that melt your head, right? But with the direction of Dam and the way he was going, he said there was rumors that, or I don't know if he said it specifically, but I heard that there was rumors that uh, he was going to do a follow-up album of Dam. It was going to be in blue. And personally, I'd prefer if he kept what he was building towards. Because he had something. Damn was a great album. And if he kind of flipped it 
right? It was like the Crips and the Bloods. He was kind of kind of doing the red and blue. If he flipped it and kind of still kept that direction of uh, what he was doing, because he got tighter flows, right? He got humble was a dope flow. You know, lyrics aside, it was dope. You know, I mean, he was kind of bragging about his left stroke going viral. You know, just a, a viral clip of him playing golf. You know, I mean, the lyrics weren't, you know, they weren't fucking deep metaphors that were known to you. He was going in a different direction, but then he brought it back. And and it's great that he brought it back. It's great that if he kept working on it, but again, with with rap and in, 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 in art, there's a whole allocation of, of skill points that you have, like a video game, where you can work on the flows or you can work on the lyrics, or you can work on the creativity, or the story, or the baseline melodies and the harmonies, or the how fast you rap, or how on point it is, or how dope your rhyme word pattern scheme is. There's a whole slew of things that come to mind when you can choose to make your rap songs. And you know, you got sometimes you gotta sacrifice lyrics for flow, sometimes you gotta sacrifice flow for lyrics. And it's like Kendrick Lamar brought back the lyrics side of it after so many further albums that, and I and and to be honest, if it, it, it I don't think it's the best work. You know, I was just gonna leave on this note. I don't think it was the best work that Kendrick did because to Bimpa Butterfly, I listened to right after, and I was like nodding my head the whole way through. Like it was like there's sometimes on on Mr. Morale where I'm just sitting there kind of going like. I have no idea what this dude's talking about. I cannot relate in at all, which is not no matter who you are, if you if you have a whole song or two songs, three songs, couple intros where you just sit there and you go, I don't know what this fucking artist is trying to portray. I don't know what kind of vibe or feeling he's trying to have. But then when they get you back, it's you want to make an album with no duds, right? And I think with, with specifically on Kodak Black, he made an album that was him. Where even if I wasn't into it, I knew what he was saying. He 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 had a fucking voice that had to be heard. And I feel like the majority of Kendrick Lamar's songs on the new album had to be heard. But then there's also those B sides where you go, ah, oh, you could skip that one. Ah, oh, you could skip that one. Skip that one. Hear the shit. Right, that that's Kendrick Lamar. There's a new album in a nutshell to me, where I could listen to all of Kodak Black shit, and we're only specifically comparing them within themselves. Kendrick Lamar kind of fell short on 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 that regard. To me, at least, I could be fucking batshit. Cra- I could be mentally ill, right? I could be talking out of my ass, and I might not know what I'm talking about. But to me specifically, I felt like Kendrick Lamar didn't give it his all. And I joked with my buddy and I said it's mid, but he was like, how dare you? But time will tell. He's, it's definitely not mid. I'd say it's about a 70 to 80 percentile mark of far as genius, creativity, originality, music is concerned. And it's literally just topped by his own fucking works to pimp a butterfly i think to pimp a butterfly was there and i said this with cole too with j cole i'm like no matter what you know you listen to 
the, the the early works of, of J. Cole. You know, you listen to Forest, you know, 14, four, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Bro, like, are we, are we even in discussion that his album, Forest Hill Drive, was better than uh, KOD? Is, is it a discussion? Because I'll sit and I'll debate with people if they think KOD is better than fucking Forest Hill Drive. I'm sorry. Forest Hill Drive literally had that song apparently talking about his mom, which... Great, yeah, and I don't know. Was wet dream? Wet dreams might be on that one. It might be on the new one, but I don't really fuck with that. If I've heard other underground songs that kind of sound like wet dreams, uh, I've heard multiple uh, uh, multiple stories that kind of follow that same rhythmic pattern of wet dreams, and I, I've heard underground shit that sounds better than wet dreams talking about their first time that lost over. Wasn't that song anime? Uh, Caroline, it was like the f- first love kind of thing, Caroline, but it was kind of a different kind of vibe, uh, you know, as far, but again, stories and, and music, and we can get into the debates of how a song, because at the end of the day, it's the songs have to be playable, right, and I feel like with a lot of the lyrics, especially like Eminem, you know, Kendrick, Cole, a lot of these guys get into this weird mode where they constantly have to reshape the wheel or reform it they're like redesigning the fucking you're, you know what I mean and it's like the mu- music's not broke right music still has to be harmonists you know what I'm saying you know you still have to have you could have all the lyrics in the world but like if it doesn't flow well like shit, you'll listen to it one time and go, all right, take notes on what he said. Oh shit, he said this, he said that. Take some notes, and eventually you're not gonna be listening to. You're not been being listened to anymore, right? And and to me, and, and again, it sounds like I'm bashing Kendrick Lamar. I'm not bashing Kendrick Lamar. I'm bashing uh, this mainstream lyrical appreciation you know because it's literally just we only like Cole Kendrick we only like Cole Kendrick and M you know Jay-Z Kanye West I mean these guys are mid as far as lyrics are concerned but they get blown out of the water if you listen to anything underground and and there's so many deep awe-inspiring lyricists that get no play whatsoever. I, I said it. I probably said it before, but I'll say it again. K. Reno has gotten albums that I, from the 1993, 1994. Um, uh, his his first album, uh, the stories from the Black Book. To this day, I can listen to that song any album of that any any song on that album and go this is more relevant now than ever you know and if you go down the list of all his albums and his bodies of work it blows M out of the water it blows Pac I think you know Pac Biggie it blows them all out as far as bodies of water even the greatest you know Nas I think K Reno might be the greatest rapper ever and and guys like Technique, Mortal Technique, Hobson, the like Hobson has a song and, and probably is speaking of like unique 
songs. Kendrick Lamar had a unique song with the couples fighting. That creativity overshadowed by this one song by Hobson called Happy Ending. It's literally talking about going to a massage and it goes into details about him getting a happy massage from, you know, an Asian parlor. Great. You know, one, because no one's ever thought of that. I don't think. I don't think no one's ever thought about making a song about going to a fucking rub and tug. You know what I mean? And if they did, you know, he just did it. Like, he did it as good as it can be done. Now, Kendrick Lamar had the best fucking flow for a couple fighting. But I think it's probably been done, right? It's, I, I, you know, I could imagine that, like, there's intros of, like, on the on the old school uh, Outcasts uh, album, there's there's you know couples fighting back and forth. Ah, nigga, you ain't shit. You know all it, it's been done, but he put it to a beat and 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 lyr- lyrically flowed it well. And the girl was you know up and held her end of the bargain. But that being said, it was you know you know it was it was good and well done. But I, you can put things in the underground up against and it's it, I don't think it's a fair fight as far as creative control there's not a lot of yes men telling you yes or no it's all left for you in in the underground it's all left for there's no labels and there's no high production values it's literally a dude in you know either in a basement or studio with his whole rhyme sheet and notes and pages and all that stuff and I feel like you know, even Tech Nine, bro. Like these guys are so much more. They know what music is, whereas a lot of these, you know, mainstream guys out in the public, they kind of uh, they feel soft. You know, what I mean, their music is like it's watered down because they know how much they reach, so they have to kind of. They, I, I, I'm no doubt in my mind that Kendrick Lamar probably had a couple of throwaways lines or whole songs in that album where he said it's the, this climate's not right, right? There's we can't, you know, you know, there's, he's ripping out a couple of his pages because he can't do what underground artists do because he's catering to a specific audience and that's just is what it is and I joke all the time like I do think about like man I want to be the guy I want to be famous and I struggle with this all the time but I also love the fact that nobody tells me what to make nobody tells me what to say nobody you know sure you'll get a comment here or there about some shit but Almost all of my music is playthrough. There's still music that I made back in fucking 2012, 11, that get played over and over again. I'll drop something, and four years later, it's still to this day getting run up with streams. And I just love the fact that, like, if, if I was doing shows or whatever, and then I had a manager, and then I started having, you know, a booker and an agent, soon enough, I say, well, fuck it, let's wrap you guys all up into a label. It would become so watered down that I think I would probably shoot myself. You know what I'm saying? I'd probably be strung out on breast milk. 
and a wigging.